0: Hey, everyone. This is Tom McCaffrey. You're listening to The Last to Exit to Brooklyn podcast on Storic Media Podcast Network. Thanks a lot. You're a winner. You can do it. I'm making more dough than director Rob Ronda if you hack on me. I give your ass a shine then diss you with the dope best one line on the microphone. Hey everyone Welcome to it, last night the Brooklyn. Uh, how, how are you?
1: We have a big show tonight.
0: Yeah, we have a lot of guests. <laughs> me. <laughs> um yeah, we uh, just me and, me and Eric today. So um what 4th of July weekend just ended. Did, what did you do for 4th of July?
1: I stayed in the city.
0: And, uh, How was it?
1: I got screwed because I thought there was going to be a big um, fireworks display above the Empire State Building, and there really wasn't.
0: There was nothing?
1: No, they weren't telling anybody where the fireworks were, but apparently they were just kind of in the regular places, but they didn't want everyone to bunch up. So,
0: so uh, weren't they – I just got back to New York City like uh, five days ago, mm-hmm. so I – I heard fireworks like the first couple nights I was here.
1: Yeah. There's been fireworks basically every night. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yeah. Why do they do that?
1: I don't know. They said that they were like doing it for two weeks or something like that. Just fireworks every night in different locations, but you're not expecting it. So I don't know how great fireworks is. If you're not expecting it, it just scares you.
0: Yeah. One night it was really close to me. So did you do anything? Did you go out or anything? You said the city was weird. Why? Cause no one was here.
1: Yeah, it was pretty empty in the city, which is, that was kind of a sign. Because usually during the day in the city on 4th of July, it's full and then uh, empty. And then at the night, everyone comes in.
0: And no one was out on the night of it? I mean, there were some, but it was Did you do anything or?
1: I tried to see, look at the fireworks and there were. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I I was at the Jersey Shore, like Point Pleasant. That was pretty fun. Oh, that's
1: cool. Do they have fireworks?
0: They did, like, not, like, official. I think people just were, like, setting them off where they (laughs) – just from where they are. Yeah, it's been a Um, lot of that going on lately. Yeah, it's like um, everyone, you know, is really nice there. Point Pleasant? Yeah. Everyone, you know, I've been there before. Everyone, like, shits on New Jersey so hard. I mean, you know, I don't know. It it, it, it reminded me of the Hamptons. (laughs)
1: Yes, Jersey. I mean, I think it was that show years ago gave it such a bad rap, yeah. and, it, and it was like that for a long time. But if you go to a lot of Jersey beaches now; they're nice, you know.
0: They're nice beaches. I guess I went to this one area where like people hang out, and they're kind of dirt baggy. But I don't know. I, I remember when I was in the Hamptons, you know, when I was younger, there were definitely areas that had a lot of dirt bags.
1: Yeah, it was. You know what it was? It was like the further west you go out, the the lower it gets. Yeah, so the better. better.
0: You mean in the Hamptons? No, the
1: worst it gets really. Like the dirt. Oh, yeah, are- like
0: West Hampton and Hampton mm-hmm. Bays. Quag.
1: Do uh, you ever go to Quag?
0: Yeah, Quag was like. Quag was okay. That was like less. Uh, I mean, I think there was some of that, but the, the worst was Hampton Bays. That was definitely yeah. known as like the armpit of the Hamptons. But still, it's like you're in the Hampton. I, I don't know. I never understood all that. I mean, you can you can stay away from the dirt bag part of it by just not going to like clubs and bars.
1: Yeah. but I think the problem is that they make some of those towns, like that's the only thing you can do at night. But if you don't, you know, you don't have to go to a club.
0: Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was fun. And then I, we were going <laughs> to talk about, um, so, but you know, this whole thing, like kind of what we've been watching, you know, being cooped up. Cause it's still like in New York, you can, I mean, you can go outside, but you can't do anything like you can't, you can like buy coffee and then leave. So. That's what you,
1: that's, you can do that.
0: Yeah. But still it's like weird. It's not Mm -hmm. like everyone's like, Oh yeah, it's opening up. But I mean, not really. It's not like I can go sit somewhere. You have to like go and leave.
1: Well, Um, you can sit outdoors now. That's the thing.
0: Yeah. It just looks, I don't know. I don't like, I never liked sitting outdoors in New York city and at restaurants just looks like they're trying to not be closed, but it still is. Yeah,
1: well, so I'm see- still
0: watching a lot of like shitty things or old. You know, I'm I'm kind of revisiting a lot of older things, like movies. You mean? Yeah, like movies. Like I watched. Um, well, all right. So, for, did you want to? Talk, so, King of Staten Island. That's sort of recent, right?
1: Yeah, it's very. Re- I mean, you, they're not releasing any movies anymore. So, like. Yeah, like so one that's movie- one of the
0: more recent ones. Yeah. And you did you see it right when it came out?
1: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh.
0: What? It, so did you? I mean, it, I I thought it would be good just because, like, like if it's Apatow, I mean, pretty much, it's even if it's not that good, it's still going to be pretty good. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, trying to figure out what it was. I wonder why. Why are his movies better? Is it because? Is it just like all the the pop culture references and stuff or?
1: Um, I think he, he he puts a lot of care into the movies. You can tell that he's always he he's he's working hard on everything. He's not phoning it in because I think you can do that easily with a comedy. You know, just say hey, this is funny. We'll throw it in. But I think he tries to go a little extra mile.
0: Wonder, yeah, but it's like a lot of like uh, he there. There's always like pop culture references that are funny. You know what yeah. I mean? He's like the king of that. Um, and uh, I didn't really know what to what did you think of like p P davidson in it
1: he was good in it i thought you know i you know he can act you know i was kind of shocked a little bit but you know
0: yeah he's good at just kind of doing i I can't really um (laughs) put my finger on what i think he's just one of those guys who just kind of has like a thing you know because i i feel like people still kind of like shit on him and are like oh he's not he's not even that funny or, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't really even do anything, but I don't know. He has that thing though, that like, you can't really like learn, you know what I mean? You can learn yeah. to act pretty well in a mo- especially in a movie, but you can't have like it. You can't be taught kind of the thing he has. I don't, I don't know what, I guess that's part of what it is, is that you can't really figure um, it out. I think like Jack what, Nicholson has that.
1: Yeah. I mean, you think he's like what made him a star on Saturday Night Live right from the beginning, even before he did much was, I think he was just likable. People like him.
0: Yeah. He's and likable. They root,
1: they root for him too. You know, he
0: does have like some star thing too. Yeah. Cause I, I, I like him. Like I think, and I, when he first started as I, and you know, he was around, you know, the up scene for, for a little while. I yeah. did you did you kind of know him like did you you I did shows with him but I never really knew him.
1: Yeah, I talked to him a little bit. I did some shows with him. You know, he was he was a standout when when you especially when you
0: found out how old he was because he started yeah. when he was like he was around when he was like 17, 18. Um, yeah, I mean,
1: he, he he said in some interview that he started when he was 16, but I kind of remember, I don't know, I someone told I thought he was doing it before. i was not sure of it.
0: Oh really? Yeah. I just remember hearing about him like a lot because people were like, "Oh, there's this kid and he's like so young and he's great." And of course, you know, I was like, "Whatever," you yeah, <laughs> know. <bad."
1: laughs> I think sometimes the people embellish because I I swear when I first was doing shows that he was on, they're like, "Oh, this kid's like 12." I'm like, "What?" And I'm like, yeah. "Oh my god, he's a genius!" But you know, yeah. it's like he was 16 maybe, and everyone was like, "Yeah, he's 12," you know, whatever.
0: Yeah, and he um, he kind of had a very, like, uh, street kind of thing. You know what I mean? He was almost, like, hip-hoppy. Do does that make sense? Yeah, totally, yeah. But then, like... And when, he, he wasn't know, he was, scared up there at all. Yeah, he had, like, yeah. a, like, swagger. And I remember seeing pictures of him. He was, like, giving the finger, and he was, like, really into hip. And he looked, like, hip-hop-ish. Like, yeah. He had the, and I was always like, oh, this must be some kind of, like, New York-y, like, cocky kid. And then when he was on SNL, he seemed like 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 almost nerdy, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I was kind of like, wait a minute. I always thought he was kind of this like cocky asshole guy, but he's he he came off very not like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, he has that like self deprecating. He he has that thing where he's really confident, but he also looks very like. He 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 doesn't have confidence. You know what I mean? I yeah, think that's, that's why he's endearing to people. Right?
1: Exactly. Yeah, because if he just came up kind of like a like an obnoxious, overconfident asshole, I don't think it would have worked for him.
0: Yeah, and everyone just seems to love him. I mean, like, and I, I, I get it. Yeah, I, I get it. He he's someone. You know, people look at someone and they're like, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. You know, yeah, like yeah. when someone comes, he's someone like from day one. I was like, oh, I get it. <laughs>
1: And that movie, like, I don't know what the numbers are of that movie because they don't release the video on demand numbers, but I think it was so much better that that movie
0: came out out that way.
1: Yeah, because I think, I mean, it might have done well before, but it would have been definitely had a lot of competition with, you know, seven comic book movies, you know, superhero movies. Yeah,
0: because all those other movies were coming out, right? So, yeah. And that's a big thing in the last few years. Comedies have sort of like dropped off in in the movie theater. Yeah. So this seems like the and also like, you know, uh, Ricky Velez is a lot of comedians that we like kind that we know. Yeah. Mike Vecchione
1: was really good in it.
0: Mike Vecchione, which we both know who's really, I've known, I mean, yeah, we've both known for years. He's a really cool guy. He's really funny. Um, And Ricky like, you know, is has a huge part in it
1: yeah and he was really good in it i mean you know it's good to see comics can act you know because yeah ricky was
0: yeah ricky was really good and i i gotta say i was like very impressed with him in it um
1: bill bill burr i thought was good too acting wise
0: bill burr was really good um i didn't really know what to expect of it i you know i thought it would be good i, I watched it I, one thing i will say is it, it, it's a little different watching a movie it's like highly anticipated like that just at home alone because you're mm-hmm. kind of like it makes you a little like is, is this good or like i don't know like now yeah. you have to just kind of form your own opinions on <laughs> okay. things. you know what i mean it just shows you how much like a crowd can um influence what you think of a movie because uh. I was like, yeah, I guess this is good. I mean, it's good, but I, I don't know. No one's here laughing with me. so yeah. No, with
1: comedies, you need that more, you know?
0: Yeah, so... But
1: I also think, you know, because Apatow movies are always kind of long, and this one was kind of long, too, but it actually works better in this format. Like, I kind of feel like now, like they should just have all the comedies now, like on video on demand, you know? Because yeah. comedies, they usually like to make them short, but you don't have to really in this format, I don't think, you know?
0: yeah and obviously with covid everything's changing with entertainment and I finally like i don't know that I'm like the only one that's had this revelation. I'm sure I haven't but like with this whole covid thing, I feel like I don't think movies will be done forever, but I do think it it's been moving in this direction for so long it like movies aren't as good anymore, and binge watching long shows is like the new thing because. Yeah. Like Game of Thrones was like a seventy-hour movie that you could just watch through. You know, what I mean, over time, right. instead of just like a two and a half-hour movie that you were like, oh yeah, they just kind of jam-packed that. Like in the past, I guess with the Game of Thrones thing, I mean, I know that wasn't they. It started as a show to begin with, but if they made that into a movie, well, they would have had to make like five movies. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like So. You know, and
1: if you look at like how they when they make these series, let's say they do a season, right? And they do 10 episodes and each episode's an hour, right? So it's 10 hours. Um, so that's like, yeah, that's like four or five movies. That's not really like, and you're they're filming it all at once. So it's not a crazy amount of content when you break it down,
0: I think. And then it's better because they don't have to with movies, if they're going to keep continuing the story, they make like, they'd have to make like four or five sequels, you know, like they, you know, it it would, that was usually bad if they kept making a comedy sequel, like they kept making like police Academy sequels, you know, and they were just (laughs) awful. But if you had a show where you just had like three seasons of the show, like say like a police Academy story, you could just continue the story. You wouldn't have to like keep coming up with these hour and a half arcs i just feel it's weird it's like the template doesn't work as well anymore of like yeah here's a movie here's the here's the first act second act third act and it's over and that's it oh you liked it i will make another one it's exactly the same um but like i've been watching shameless over and over like i've been been watching shameless yeah and that's like a comedy and it's good because it just it keeps going but you're never like, oh, what they're they're they like that couldn't have been a movie, you know what I mean? So movies are just sort of like I don't know, like um, maybe I'm just older and but they they are seeming less relevant now, you know what I mean?
1: I think the only issue with like, and I like Shameless, but like a, sh- a lot of these shows when they go on for a long time, they they always try to top themselves. Like when if you watch Shameless, you're like. You'll watch an episode, you're like, that's the craziest thing I ever saw. And then they'll just try to top it. And then after a while, yeah. it gets to be too much, I think.
0: Yeah, and it gets – it does – even with shows, like, they're yeah. good. They they get redundant. They keep the, the, the same thing. I, I binge watch Silicon, Silicon Valley. yeah. And that's good for three. That's really good for three seasons. And then you can just tell they don't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> you can just tell they're like, all right. And they, did you watch that?
1: Yeah, I, mean, I think it's funny. But almost every episode is like, oh my god, the company is going to not make it. And then at the last minute, so I think we did this once before. It's like kind yeah, of like yeah,
0: entourage. And it is. It. It's yeah. like well, they're always like, oh no, we we should have taken the three million. Oh <laughs> now now it's. Obsolete. Whoa, <laughs> this other guy wants to be ten million. Oh my god, <laughs> it's great now, you know. And then the next step, and it, you could tell they just didn't really know what to. And I, it, I felt like it, it, it became less about the comedy; it became more about like that, the plot of it, was right? Like- and I will say, when TJ Miller left, I think it, I think that hurt it a lot.
1: Yeah, but you know what? The one thing is like why I appreciate The Sopranos because every once in a while, The Sopranos would have an episode where not a lot happened, you know. And I remember yeah. at, the, at the time people were like, "Oh, that episode's boring." But you know what? Sometimes you got to pull back a little bit and yeah. have a relax because that's why, like, like a show like Shameless or even Silicon Valley, ba- like Shameless, the one thing I, and I like Shameless is like it's like so upsetting every week almost. Like there's like how much drama is in this fucking family, like every yeah, week, yeah. You know, and even Silicon Valley, it's like every week the company is gonna. I mean, collapse. so sometimes you need these episodes where not a lot happens, like Bridge episodes, you know.
0: Yeah. I like Shameless because it's kind of like it's 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 focusing on a sect sect of the population that most people have no mm-hmm. awareness of. Would you ever that see? Even the, exists? Do you ever see the
1: English version?
0: No, but I've, i I mean, is it good? I it's saw probably epi- better, right?
1: No, I mean, I saw an episode, and they, they did something very smart with Shameless because it was about like white trash people in in England, right? So when they made the American version where you, the most obvious choice would be like having like rednecks from the South. Yeah. But they didn't. They're like, we'll do white trash in Chicago. Cause no one really knew, knew that that was a thing.
0: Yeah. And it, I it really was, like yeah. that. It's white trash, but the, the, it's very indicative of it's like, it's, it kind of does it slyly where it's a commentary of like how America is very unbalanced and unfair. Right. And like
1: they're not really like white trash. They're just poor, you know?
0: Yeah, they're really, they're just because they're all like really like most, they're all like really smart. Yeah. So it's kind of like they're white trash put in they're they're kind of like these smart people given absolutely no opportunity and so it's actually like a perfect, I've thought about this because America loves to celebrate people who come from something like that and right. make it really huge and then we're like, wow, they're so great, they came from nothing but when those people are just haven't made anything of themselves yet everyone's like oh get out of here you losers so it's kind of an interesting where you're watching these people given nothing trying really hard to get somewhere and a lot of them actually are getting somewhere so you're kind of watching the american dream happen so
1: yeah but you also see how hard it is and how like when you're poor you don't have any room for error you know basically it's and there's you know and there's a lot of poor people that don't get anywhere and even they show that on the show where things don't happen for them sometimes
0: yeah and i love how like they're there it shows how, how how their environment has what it's kind of turned the kind of person they are because there's like there's episodes where like some of them will go to jail and they almost yeah, like, like, like a lot of episodes. go to jail right but like there's one where like the guy like is going to go to juvie and he's like yeah i want to go to juvie like, he's not scared of going he's a small white kid and he's like yeah, yeah. I mean it's gonna help me <laughs> and then one kid is in jail and they're like trying to get him out and he's like doing great in jail and he's like no I, I don't want to leave jail so it's it's kind of an odd mm-hmm. you know like I don't know not normal people who weren't I don't know you just it makes me watching that makes me feel like a total wuss and how like <laughs> I wouldn't be able to handle things that they're that they're given you know and I know it's not you know based in reality i mean you know it's obviously like fake but still like it's um i like that because it's, it's it's not like you know entourage is the opposite entourage mm. is kind of like the the show starts with them on third base and right then, like
1: and they're getting so upset because they don't get a movie you know
0: yeah it's like they get like so it's and so like I, i've been rewatching entourage too that's how bored mm. i am um and that, I don't know if you liked that show. I mean, I feel like everyone kind of was like, yeah, that show's fine.
1: Yeah, I mean, again, with that show, it's like critics loved it at the beginning, and then everyone realized it was kind of a bro show, and then it, everyone started making fun
0: of it. Yeah, it's, um, I was, I've been re-watching some, certain, certain seasons are better than others. Um, but I don't know. And then, so, another thing I just was watching last night was Speed. <laughs> um, with Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Um, have you seen that recent? Do you remember when that came... I mean, you, you, I'm sure you remember when it came out. It was of course, yeah. yeah. Did you like it when it came out?
1: Yeah, I mean, it made... It was kind of Keanu Reeves' big movie. Um, I mean, he had been in stuff before, but that made him like a a leading man's kind of sex symbol.
0: And I got to say, I... um. Th- that time, like m- early to mid nineties, everyone was always shitting on Keanu Reeves yeah. for being terrible. Me included. <laughs> um, but I rewatch him now and I, I really like, he's another one. I'm like, Oh, he, he like has the, like speed. He like, um, that could easily have been a terrible movie. And even though he's kind of like the, the, bill and Ted guy, and he sounds like that, mm-hmm. um, he's believable in that movie as kind of like a, a like a bat. He's like, a, he's a, I was watching, he's a really good hero guy. Yeah. Does that make it Like he's, he's really like and you can tell he's very like, he wants to like save the people and, um, and I also kind of like that he's not like the really like masculine huge buff guy. He's right. just kind of like an everymanish guy, but he's still kind of like a bad. I, he was like the kind of guy you'd watch and be like, "You know, that's what I'd be like in that situation." <laughs> um,
1: yeah, and he had that haircut in the 90s, the one that George Clooney had that was like a Caesar haircut that was so popular.
0: He had he did the buzz cut and you know what I actually was thinking about that last night while I was watching it I, I guarantee that was like a conscious decision yeah. because he's supposed to be like he's like, he's kind of like a tough cop he's yeah. I don't think he's in the FBI but like he the the buzz cut makes him seem more like alpha like a like a cop guy right. and if he just had his hair how he usually had it it would have just been like oh god like. Um,
1: And he's had like I mean, he's really had like nine lives Keanu Reeves I mean, he's big again
0: I know, he's those Wick movies And then, you know, I rewatched Point Break Like a week ago (laughs) That's like one of my favorite I love that movie I hate that movie You do? Why? I think it's It's so so stupid That's kind of what I like about it Like, what do you mean? It's just because it's such a dumb plot
1: Yeah, and when they go 100% pure adrenaline And they high five I really hate that part (laughs)
0: um, <laughs> no, most people love that
1: movie. I just hate that movie. I don't know why. I think it's maybe I should watch it again. I just think it's so cheesy.
0: Yeah, it, it is. But it's. I think it. It. It was like. I think what it was was when it came out. They. They were acting like it was a really serious, like good movie. <laughs> but now it's like, it. It is cheesy and like, and but he's good in it again. Like he. He comes yeah, he's off good. well in it. I, even though, he's still like. The villain he sounds like the bill i guess his voice was his problem always his problem right because he always sounds like um (laughs) so i don't know i guess the point is i just like i'm like for so long i remember people shit on keanu reeves and then i'm looking back and i'm like oh i kind of get it now like why he was this big yeah i think he was another one of those guys you couldn't really you didn't really know what it was about him um yeah. That people seem to like. But can he, uh, can
1: he have sex with someone famous to get that part or something. Wasn't that the whole rumor?
0: Well, you know, the the whole thing, there was a rumor that and especially at that time in the right. mid nineties, that he was well, that he was gay. Yeah. And that he was um in a relationship with David Geffen. Right. That's it.
1: Man.
0: That was like and when I was in Hollywood at times, like I would meet people in the industry. And I remember I met this like casting director who was like I think she was like kind of a, A big casting director and she was like oh yeah like they're it's known that they're like a couple (laughs) so i don't know how truth but i mean i don't know like i feel like you would have heard more about that i I heard that from years ago from a, a friend of mine who's an actor who was in movies and stuff and was in that whole crew and he told me that it was known that these big these guys that became big like brad pitt and like were like having were having sex with dudes right. in the industry. Well, yet, you don't know if
1: it was them, but there was definitely some, there was definitely a male cast casting couch. I mean, there's definitely, if there was a female one, there was definitely a male one, you
0: know. So would you, like, have, would you have done that, like, if you were in Hollywood? Yes. <laughs> you would
1: have? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even let All you finish, but to be in a big move, come on. Let's,
0: let's like, see. if the guy was, like, wh- like, what would you do? Just anything? Or, like, well, I, there's That's lines. what I'm wondering. What they would make them do? Well, um, are you
1: talking about one night or just repeated?
0: I don't thing. know. Like, yeah. there has to be truth to it, though. I've heard it so many times. Like, I like maybe it's not as bad as I'm thinking, but it there's something to that. You know what I mean? Like,
1: well, if you're like a struggling actor, you're poor. You can't pay your rent. You know, you you're running out of time. Someone who offers you a chance to be famous and rich. Yeah. I mean, come on. That's a tough call to make, you know? I mean, I, I
0: wonder don't know. if that happened. I wonder if Brad Pitt, like, you know, had sex with some dudes to get parts. And, like, he probably did, right? I don't
1: know. I mean, <laughs> look, sucks. I know it's <laughs> – he is talented, though, you know?
0: I, I bet you there's so many dudes who did that and just didn't get – and, like, just totally got scammed. Well, that, <laughs> that would <that'd> be <laughs> – that would be the the only reason i I, I hate to blow 10 dudes and find out it didn't mean anything i know that's like uh but i i I don't know but anyway i i've just been kind of revisiting all these like you know because i you're i'm still kind of like stuck at home a lot so i'm just kind of like trying to find (laughs) anything to and it's like it's kind of that it's like I don't know if you have this. I'll watch something old because it's, like, nostalgic because I'll Mm -hmm. be like, oh, I remember when that, like, that summer and I, have like, things were easier at that point. You know what I mean?
1: You ever do the thing where you watch an old movie and you're, like, and you're watching it again. You used to love the movie and then you start thinking, do I love the movie because it reminds me of my youth or is this movie really good? Sometimes the movie really isn't good. And that's that's what the, it's sad when when you find that out years. Later. I've had
0: that a lot where I rewatch a movie from when I was a kid, and then I rewatch, it and I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> um, like uh, I like we talked about like the like the movie Zapped. I like kid, I was dying to see that movie, and you know, and, and I remember like my friends talking about it, and you know, and it's so funny. Like back back in the day, where like if there was you know if you were like ten or eleven, and there was like an R rated movie, you just couldn't see it. You know what right. I mean? I mean I used to do this thing in New York City where I wanted to see movies and so what we had to do and I mean I swear swear to god you probably had it like I would try to see R rated movies when I was like 11 and yeah. they just wouldn't let you in like they were strict about it they'd be like no you could." they're like you can't see it. you know it's just some like right. like I wanted to see like um uh, there was this movie called Teachers. Do you remember that? It was like with Ralph Macchio. <laughs> no,
1: and yeah, it's about—it's
0: literally just about like t- like teachers in school. And it was rated R. And they like wouldn't let us see it. And it, looking back, it's like we were literally in New York City in the 80s. And I just want to go see a movie about school. And you guys won't let me see. You <laughs> know what I mean? It's just such an odd.
1: Do you think so they- I used... What? No, go ahead. Sorry.
0: I was going to say, so we, we used to just go up to adults in line and be like, hey, can you pretend you're like with us? Oh, that's smart. We, we did that a lot. We, used to, we did it for like Porkies and stuff like that, you know?
1: I just don't know. Do they enforce that now? Because it's like, I mean, you can't, you don't you let a 12-year-old in to see a, a rated R movie. He can just say, okay, I'm just going to go home and watch porn on my fucking computer.
0: Well, that's what I'm thinking too. Yeah. You can find it online. Yeah. Um, I, I think kids aren't as into going to movies as they were, like when, I, right. like, like when we were young. Because we didn't really have anything else.
1: No. And again, they're not. And the only movies they do want to see are like superhero movies, which they go out of their way to make them PG 13 just for that yeah. reason.
0: Do you <coughs> Even the do you know what the first PG 13 movie was? The Gremlins. No, it was uh, Red Dawn. Oh God! I think it might have been because of Gremlins, though. Yeah, like they said, Gremlins was too scary to be like a PG. That's kind of why they, like, parents started complaining. Um, and then another one I was rewatching was um, Silent Night, Deadly Night. Do you mm-hmm. remember that? No. No?
1: No. I mean, I've heard of it,
0: but that's the Santa Claus horror movie, right? Do you remember it came out in 84 and it was like really controversial because like parents picket moms were like picketing it (laughs) because it was about Santa Claus murdering. So they were like, how can you disrespect Christmas? Now you're making kids. Um, I remember people
1: getting upset about the last temptation of Christ.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That was a few years later. But that was like, wasn't that just kind of like, wait, no, you mean the passion of the Christ?
1: No, the last temptation. That was the one in the 80s.
0: What? With Willem Dafoe,
1: yeah, I mean that you know was like kind of sacrilegious. They said, you know, I mean, I, I saw it once. It, you know,
0: oh, it's it's with um, yes, yeah, Scorsese made it, right? Right,
1: <laughs> a Scorsese Jesus movie. How did not how that how did that not become a huge hit?
0: Well, di- I mean, yeah, kind of like you've never really hear about it anymore. It did get a lot of flack. I right. remember, um, but that. I do remember Silent Night. I, so I was doing research on Silent Night, Deadly Night. You know, first of all, they made like eight of them. They kept going <laughs> straight to like they yeah. just um, eventually started going straight to video. Um, <laughs> really? So like yeah. the first one should have. Yeah, the first one's like it's kind of bad, but you know what? Like you know, it's one of those. I think like Tarantino and, and Robert Rodriguez love it, or something. Oh, of course. So it's got. Some, but yeah, clear. you know what I mean. Like Tarantino always loves these weird like movies that.
1: Was it supposed to be funny, like that Krampus? Did you see Krampus a few years ago? Yeah,
0: I, I yeah, it was okay. Yeah, um, it was supposed to be like Gremlins ish, where it was supposed yes. to be kind of funny, um, but also a horror movie. Um, Silent Night, Deadly Night is just a full-on horror movie. It's, just, it's really cheesy, though, and, it's, it, and it, it is and it is kind of disturbing. It's I could see if you were young. And the, the thing I remember about it is that and Nightmare on Elm Street were coming out the same day. Yeah, that was good. And I remember being like, like I saw the ad for Nightmare on Elm Street and the one for Silent Night, Deadly Night. And I remember specifically being like, that Nightmare on Elm Street, that looks like shit. I was like, Silent Night, Deadly Night, that looks amazing. Um <laughs> And Silent Night, Deadly Night opened really big, but then they they took it out of a lot of theaters because of all the like you know controversy. Do you remember this too? This was the thing I remember, young. I don't know so, why
1: I don't the, remember Silent Deadly Night, Deadly Night. It's weird. Run.
0: But There was a time where, and I guess is where it was before NC Seventeen, mm-hmm. where they would come out with movies, and they'd usually be they were horror movies usually, and they'd be. They wouldn't be rated R. They'd be like... No rating? I think it would be no rating, but it would be like no one under 18 can see the movie. Not but even you, like with your parents.
1: Well, you know the, the original... like So it was originally they would have X on stuff like that, right? Yeah. Like Midnight Cowboy uh, was rated X.
0: Um, yeah, Clockwork Orange. Yeah.
1: So and that was fine for a while, but then all of a sudden, pornography started using X for their movies, yeah. So, an X started becoming a kiss of death. That right. if your movie was rated X, you, you're like yeah. porn. So they had to change it. But I think for a while between X and NC-17, there was like nothing.
0: Yeah, and, they, they and I wrote, I remember heard. in college, I wrote a paper about the NC-17 rating because it had just come out. And like mm-hmm. they they just are using it in '91, and it was more for like artsy movies that were like adult theme movies. Right. Yeah, that they didn't <clears throat> want to give an X rip. But I remember there was yeah. a movie in the 80s called Maniac. Have you ever heard of that? <laughs> <laughs> it came out in 1980 or 81. Mm-hmm. And it's like this horror movie and it's so violent. And that was a movie that they were that the ad said, no, no it, what- it just said no one under 18 can see this. Oh, that's interesting. Um, <clears throat> and I like, I what? No, go ahead. And I just remember, you know, and again, I was like so young. I think I was like ten when that came out. I was just like, oh my god, like what? You, like what is this movie? You know, and, like yeah. it was like so you no still one to could see,
1: see it. See it. Though.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, like, and I mean, I think I was like scared to see it because, like, I was like, no one under eighteen can see this movie. Um, and then I saw it years later. I think when I was like thirty, it was on yeah. one night at like two in the morning. I watched it. It's so like violent. It's like it's really.
1: But but that kind of stuff made people want to see it more, like young people.
0: Yeah, but I don't think that. I guess you you probably could have seen it some. You know what I mean? Yeah, because like you somewhere. sneak into the
1: theater and you're like, hey, you tell your friends. Guess what I saw? I remember shit like that yeah. well, going on. You know, and it still. I guess it still goes on because when Deadpool came out, I know the first Deadpool was rated R, and they were like, yeah, this movie can't make money because only teen kids want to see this, and they can't go to a rated R movie. And then the movie made like all this money.
0: So Yeah, it was like one of the biggest, wasn't it, like one of the most successful superhero movies. Yeah, like profitable.
1: So obviously all these kids were sneaking into the movie, you know, or there was a bunch of 40-year-olds seeing the movie 20 times, which I don't think is the case. So yeah, like, I think um, it's
0: like there. I don't know how. I just remember as a kid. I remember as a kid trying to when I was like ten. I would try to go see PG movies sometimes, and they wouldn't let us in. <laughs> I remember that. Oh, you yeah, know the Gram, You know the Gramercy Theater on Twenty Third that is now like they have concerts and stuff.
1: Oh yeah, that was a movie theater. right? That
0: was a movie theater, and that was like known as the strictest one because they, they <laughs> only had one theater. <laughs> Do you uh, so see you the, the
1: could, puppet movie over and over again?
0: You know what I. Um, Couldn't get in. They wouldn't let us me into. Was um, this movie, this movie with Chevy Chase, Oh Heavenly Dog. Oh God! Like I think that's PG. Benji's in it, (laughs) and I think I was like seven, and I think I went to with my sister who's older, and they wouldn't let us in. I couldn't believe it.
1: (laughs) Well, you cut a break on that one, though.
0: I know. Well, I mean, you know, at at that time, I probably would have loved it, but. I don't know. It's, I always think about that because New York was so dangerous at the time. It was so weird how like they wouldn't let us into movies. You know, like how, I, I just never, I never knew why anyone cared so much. Yeah. You it's kind of funny they, how
1: about Chevy Chase's career because like I think for New Jersey, he was just making such garbage after he left Saturday Night Live.
0: This was like 1980, maybe. so yeah. I think it was like he had done. He they were trying to make him like a movie. I mean, he was a movie star for a while, but I think right. like the the first few he made didn't like foul play. I think was one of his first ones with Goldie Hawn, right. and then Oh Heavenly Dog, and then he made <laughs> like um, well, he was in
1: Caddyshack, but he wasn't really the star of Caddyshack.
0: So I just rewatched that too. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Um. Have you have you seen that recently? Yeah,
1: like a year ago.
0: It's not that funny.
1: <laughs> I mean, when you see the whole thing about how <clears throat> the making of that movie and or what was that one thing about it, it came out at the same time as Airplane. Oh and, yeah, yeah. And Airplane is just a just it is a funnier movie, you know.
0: Yeah, I think Caddyshack
1: there was a lot of you know improv in that movie that made it funny, but it's not as good as Airplane.
0: But I feel like it came. <clears throat> but when I was young, I feel like it it, be, it was known as a classic pretty fast. Right. Like by the time I was like. By 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 the time 1982 rolled around, everyone was like, caddy shit." And then again, I finally saw it like on TV, and I was like, "I mean, it's not like terrible, but it's just not." Um, I I also think it's just movies are just different. So yeah,
1: it, it kind of still hold, people still watch it because it's a sports movie. So they'll throw it at a lot of these sports networks when they have no programming. Probably they did it in the last few months because it's technically yeah. a sports movie. And as sports movies goes, it's probably up there as one of the best. But that's a low bar.
0: Yeah, and it's also like all those guys at the time were like so huge. It was like you know Bill Murray, uh, Chevy, and oh, and uh, what you know what's Rodney Dangerfield's probably the funniest part of the movie. Yeah, that's what's like interesting about it too. Like Chevy Chase is okay in it, but he's not like one of the funnier parts of the movie. You know what? Just What?
1: Uh, no, I saw this Bill Mur- Murray, Bill Murray movie recently. What about Bob?
0: Yeah. What? How, how? I've never seen that whole thing.
1: You know, it's so funny because it was directed by Frank Oz, who you know he was Fozzie yeah, and no, I... Yoda and stuff. But he was actually a really good comedy d- director. He directed these are the movies. He directed Little Shop of Horrors, which is not bad.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, what about Bob? Um, Dirty rotten scoundrels. Yeah,
0: dirty rotten scoundrels.
1: Bet, yeah, um, uh, Bowfinger, which I think is a great movie.
0: Yeah, um, my friend from high school is in that movie. Oh, was he? who? Yeah, he has. A, he's he's has kind of a small part. He, you know, you remember how? Um, because the move, the whole thing yeah. is that they don't have any money, so they like they go. Don't they go to like the border and just capture like four yeah, yeah, yeah. Mexicans? <laughs> he's one are, of like, those. A, he's one of them, and they make oh. hit them the crew yeah my so my I went to that guy's wedding and Frank and they did this Frank Oz was at the wedding, and um Frank they did this you know weird ceremony like where they did the the vows and stuff around like a tree in a circle and they had like four different people do the I don't know, like you know, deliver the what do they call them when they like marry them. They had like four different people do it, and Frank Oz was one of the people, oh that, really. Yeah, isn't that weird?
1: Yeah, um. I mean, and, you know, also he directed In-N-Out. I don't know if you ever saw that one.
0: No, <clears> I, I heard that was good. It, it was Frank good. Oz directed that? Yeah,
1: and also um, the original, uh, Death at a Funeral.
0: Um, oh, really? Which yeah, I he, saw in the
1: movie theater, and I remember dying when I saw that in the movie theater. It was Peter Dinklage's one of his first big roles.
0: Oh, really? And um, he's in Blues Brothers.
1: He's Frank in Oz. Blues Brothers, yeah. But as a director, I mean you know how we always, we sometimes we talk about like these mainstream comedies where there's just not a lot of them anymore. Yeah. He's good at directing those type of movies. You know, the kind of um, movies where everyone could kind of think is pretty funny.
0: Yeah. I think he kind of doesn't get a lot of, I people think, I think people kind of like underrate him as a director, like a yeah. comedy director, but yeah, dirty run scoundrels is like, is what is a classic. So um, funny. And, um, yeah, Bowfinger's pretty good, and, you know...
1: I feel like that movie's so underrated, Bowfinger.
0: Yeah, it's pretty... I, I should rewatch it. It's a I think really it's funny... Like, yeah, it's way. like Eddie Murphy,
1: to me, his best performance. I really? Yeah. Wow.
0: Um, Not his
1: best movie, his best performance. I, uh...
0: Yeah, I actually went to the set of that movie. You did? is that cool? Yeah, because I, I went to L.A. and my friend was doing it, um... And I remember he was like, "Hey, yeah, I, I like had just flown in." He's like, "Hey, yeah, come right to the set because I'm gonna be there." And I was like, "All right." And I I showed up to the set, and you know, there's like these tables, I guess, where people were eating. And, like, um, there was this guy sitting there who just looked exactly like Eddie Murphy, <laughs> and I was like standing right night, like right near him, and I was like, "Wow, that's Eddie Murphy!" And then I looked, and it wasn't. It, it was just Aww. like a stand-in, I guess. Uh, but Steve Martin was there, and. Um, oh, that's- It was really trippy because it was like I just kind of like flown in, and all of a sudden I'm like on the set of this movie, like Steve Martin standing there, and like,
1: yeah, he wrote the movie.
0: Yeah, Steve Martin wrote it. Yeah. Um,
1: But you see Eddie Murphy in that movie. You know how he would be in those movies where he would play like five different people, and he's usually four of them are in a fat
0: suit. Yeah.
1: But in this movie, he didn't do that. It was just him and his.
0: Yeah, he just played the two guys.
1: Yeah, and they were just. It was. You know, I just feel like that was his most underrated performance. That's
0: funny. I feel like I feel like no one really talks about that movie. Kind of like came. I think it did okay, but it didn't really like didn't
1: it didn't destroy. It did okay, but it's very inside. I think that's the problem that people had with it. But yeah. it's it is a funny, uh, you know. Kind yeah.
0: Of- have you have you have you been watching anything anything else? That that's what stood out to me is like. Well, it's really funny too because now whenever like. Like I'll perform at Danger Fields. It's always really weird being there because there's all these pictures of the like the ca- the Caddyshack people, like, right. um, And th- there's pictures of them at Danger Fields from like the Caddyshack like premiere party and stuff. Oh, wow. And uh, it's just so weird because like you know that was such an iconic movie growing up, and you know, um, now to be there, it's just kind of like, wow, oh, this like all this was happening, right? You know, and I kind of grew up near Dangerfield, and to think like when we were worshiping those guys, they were just kind of down the street. So, like, <laughs> weird to me. Um, yeah, there's a lot of like history. I Feel like people shit on that club, but I I, I like that club. Cause there's a lot of like history. Oh, there.
1: totally. I think it ended that you know it was in the Joker movie and that
0: kind of yeah. With that too. That. Yeah, yeah. So have you been? So have you been doing any? You haven't still haven't done any live comedy, right?
1: No, I'm doing one, uh, I think, this weekend.
0: Outside? Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Um, I, who knows? Where is it? Can you say? In, J- in Jersey.
1: No, it's just some place. I don't even know. Like it's in a parking lot. <laughs> That's where you do comedy now.
0: What do you think? So what do you think? What's going to happen from here now with stand-up?
1: I, I just don't think. I think we're looking at 2021
0: for clubs. Do you think that'll ha- do you think th- it'll just go back to how it was? It seems no. like it can't.
1: I think it, they'll open, but I don't I honestly I honestly think that they're not going to really. And the ones around the country, I, I guess some of them are opening, but some of them are going to close again. I think that's already happened, right? And
0: like Yeah. yeah. There's another thing I just rem- I just rem- so Carl Reiner died like what like a week ago. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. That was a pretty big. I mean, you know. Yeah, he was hilarious. I mean, he's another was, one that made those like a lot of those classics.
1: Do you ever see that two thousand year old man thing?
0: No, I, I mean I know about it, but I've never watched. Is it funny? It it's is him and Mel Brooks.
1: Because they're kind of like I guess they're they're ad libbing a lot, you know, and uh, it's just Carl Reiner was a great straight man. He was good at setting people up, even though he was funny on his own. Yeah, and uh, you could just see, you know, like he's setting these jokes up because he knows what's going to make mel brooks be really funny.
0: Um, and that's kind of that's like what what kind of broke them, right?
1: Not, I mean, yeah, I think they both worked on the Sid Caesar show back in yeah. the 50s, which, you know, that's always like that Sid Caesar show where the the writers, writing staff is like insane.
0: Is it like with Steve Martin on that?
1: No, it was this 1950s, so it was like the writing staff was like Carl Reiner, Mel Brooks, Neil Simon, Jesus, really? Uh, at one point, Woody Allen. Oh,
0: my God.
1: <laughs> uh, this other guy, Mel Tolkien, which he, he basically created all in the family. He was like yeah, the, yeah. the main guy, not Norman Lee. But, and, um, and I think it was Neil Simon's brother. There was like a few other, but you read the list and you're like, oh, my God. Like some of yeah. the biggest people ever in Hollywood, or comedy people.
0: And then I guess he um – he, he's. Uh, they, they say that that 2,000-year-old man kind of like um, started his... Jump-started his writing career. And then I think... I
1: think I it do, got him on TV more, I think, yeah.
0: And then like, I think back then there was... we you know, when, when there were less movies and so it was... I don't know, in that comedy scene, it was a lot smaller. Mm-hmm. And I think if you were in that scene, you know, as a writer or something, you could just... They would like gamble on you to make a, a movie. Yeah. Like I think I got a, I got this feeling that like when they were c- for comedy movies, a lot of the studios and people were kind of like, "Okay, you guys seem like you're like really funny and know what comedy is, so <clears throat> you guys should just make." I like I, I saw an interview with Harold Ramis, and I forgot who someone was like. Yeah, because he was a writer, and I think he was performing stuff. But someone was like, yeah, you, you look like you, you should be a director. You <laughs> should, like, direct a movie. Like, So then they were like, you should direct Caddyshack. Right. So he kind of got it just because – I mean, I'm sure there's more too, but it was just he was sort of in that world, and they were kind of like, yeah, yeah, you look like you would know how to, like, direct <laughs> a comedy.
1: Well, especially because of the confidence. Like, imagine back in the day if Mel Brooks, if you're, like, a studio guy, and Mel Brooks comes in to pitch a movie – he probably does it in such a great way, you know. You could see, oh, you no know, yeah, yeah. He would sell that shit, you
0: know. Oh yeah, he seems like he he would have been a very yeah. He was very um. Like he's still, a, I mean, I don't know. He he's like ninety eight, right? Yeah, I think
1: they were best friends. That kind of it's sad, you know.
0: But do you, um so because you know Molly, our friend Molly Heckerlin, who you know she was telling us her so Harold Ramos was her dad. Um, she was telling me that there was some story about when he was first directing Caddyshack that he didn't even know like how to like where to point the camera. Do you remember that? <laughs> I think said, I remember that. She yeah. told some story about that, like that he just was so green as a director. Like someone was like, no, you can't aim it here. It has. To, Cause he was aiming at where there were like, like the crew was in the shot or something. <laughs> That's funny. Um, I just feel like now they wouldn't give you, they just give you like no chances. You know what I mean? And I know it's different. It's more like the idea of, you know, that they would just let someone direct a huge, huge comedy movie. Um, I just feel like they don't give a lot of people the shot. You know, they're like, they're not going to give like a, a comedian writer, you know, who hasn't like completely developed the thing themselves. I'm right. just going to give hand it over. It's like, they, if you're going to do that, you have to like completely.
1: But, but like, on the, but on the opposite end, you could just do it yourself and you can finance it through a Kickstarter. I mean, it's like, it's been done,
0: you know, right. Like, it's just Some hard it. to, like, break through.
1: Well, I mean, yeah, it's hard to break through, like, the studio thing. But I think it's much easier to do things on your own now.
0: Yeah, I think you can do it on your own, but I think it's hard to get the audience. Like, you, you a yeah. lot of times people make things, and there's so many things being made. It's hard for it to, like, latch on. Um, I don't know. It's just funny because, like, you know, I know when I was younger, I I, I watched these older things. And, and I'm like, man, I... I wish, like, this – I would want to do this and that, but then I'm like, I, we live in a totally different world now. Right. It's not like that. You know what I mean? And you got to think, you know, like, a lot of the people like our age, even a little younger, who are in comedy, probably really successful, are in it because of all those movies and all those people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, around our age, I guess.
1: Yeah. But I think if sometimes young people don't even think about, like, the barriers because there's less – certain ways there's less
0: barriers because you could just make... In comedy, you mean?
1: Well, you could just, you know, you see comics a year in they're big on TikTok or Instagram. and
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: So, I mean, I think sometimes that works against us a little bit because, you know, back in the day, there was like so many barriers and I don't know. I mean, there are certain ways, but I feel like... A lot of people just do this shit on their own. It's like no, crazy. that's true. There,
0: there, there there's definitely you can like you can work outside of that system now. yeah, it's kind of like becoming less and less right uh, um, important to deal with with them. Um, so, yeah, and have you been watching anything else you' been watch? I I also was re-watching Richard Pryor's live on the Sunset Strip.
1: Oh, yeah, that's good.
0: Yeah, again, that was another one that I was rewatching. I remember as a kid, I was like, "Oh yeah," because I just I don't think I even understood it really, but it just seemed cool to like it. But you know, and I, it's sacrilege. I mean, I, obviously Richard Pryor is like you know great and stuff, but I was kind of like, "Man, this doesn't really like." I it just didn't really resonate with me at all. Oh like, really? Like, like <clears throat> you know, he's good, but it's so different. It's like like I would say I was. I saw some video where they were talking about how Dave Chappelle surpassed Richard Pryor, and and a lot of them were like, no way, Richard Pryor's... And I I would say, like, hands down, Chappelle is funnier than Richard Pryor.
1: Well, especially comedy dates kind of easily, so it's hard to watch some stand-up from 40 years ago and say that's hilarious. It's just hard, you know?
0: Even though I've rewatched like, Eddie Murphy's, like, (laughs) Raw, and I still think it's really funny.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's, I guess, how... Well, that holds up. It does hold up pretty well.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I guess mm-hmm. it's... But even some stuff with Eddie Murphy, you're like, ah, this <clears> seems <throat> hack. But because yeah. everyone's, like, has um, copied... I don't know. It's just, like, the older I get, the 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 more I, I see how hard comedy is. The old, yeah. like, younger, I was like, oh, yeah, comedy. You know, I know everything <clears> about <throat> comedy now. I'm just like, oh, wait, comedy's really hard. Um, <laughs> it's about
1: to it, get and, much harder, too. It's going to I know. So I, hard I,
0: it's just... It's also hard because every. The, what's really hard, too, is, like, you can be the greatest comedian be the funniest thing of the time and then like when things change the, you know it, 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 tastes change so much and comedy changes so much you know well, think I mean? about
1: how comedy was kind of getting difficult to do before the pandemic you know audiences were getting more sensitive
0: yeah
1: you know, gro- people groaning a lot of jokes think about what's going to happen when it comes back after the pandemic and the whole you know um, racial uh, yeah. I'm honest, it's gonna. People are gonna, I can't even imagine how sensitive these audiences are gonna be.
0: You think so? You don't think I it was so. like the opposite effect? No, I, I don't. Was that?
1: Oh, that's fireworks. I, I, I don't, wonder
0: if. Yeah, I don't know. I wonder if like standup will just become a. Th- I mean, it'll, it'll it'll still exist, but I don't know. It definitely seems like it, there's gonna be some kind of shift of. I don't. I don't know what it's gonna be, but you know what I mean. It's when you look at it and. 15 years what what's stand-up gonna be now you know what i mean like
1: it's just gonna be one of those things where it's like you can talk about everything but you know certain subjects if you talk about it a little bit it's just gonna be difficult to get through you know yeah. unless you have like this fan
0: base or uh, is coming you to miss see doing you. it you must right i do i do
1: but i'm a little worried about that whole thing just judging from what i've seen Doing virtual shows, I think audiences are getting more sensitive, and I think it's
0: really be- even on, on the virtual shows.
1: Yeah, because I think it's even less like it's more based on what you're talking about because it's not performance-driven. So they're really kind of listening to what you're saying as much as you know what you're doing up there. But yeah. I could be wrong. I just feel like it's it's going to get tough. Maybe. Oh.
0: What's going? On? Is that all right outside your <laughs> <laughs> Can
1: we edit this out? I guess not.
0: Probably no. Is it just fireworks or is it like
1: yeah fireworks or
0: like I apocalypse. even think with the whole like um, Louis CK kind of you know obviously there was like the controversy <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> the, con- the controversy but and now he came out with a special and it it seemed and I was saying this before I don't know where I was saying it that like it seems like what's happened with him is like the worst thing that probably could have happened where, but first of all, I mean, I, he's, he's like a millionaire and he made so much money off that, but you can kind of tell like people when it came out, were like, like, oh, right, he's back. Yeah. It's so great. And then like literally a week later, no one was talking about it. And I feel like that's the thing with him now. Cause remember the days when it was like, everything he did was like, Man, did you see that special? Oh my God. yeah, he's a new thing coming out. And okay. now it's just very like, I don't even think anyone's really mad at him anymore. I think people are just kind of like, yeah, whatever. like it feels very like things are moving beyond he, he's clearly not going to. And it, I think, do you think it really, I think it really hurt him that Pete Davidson like shit on him so hard. Cause I feel like Pete Davidson's such like an icon in comedy now yeah. that it would, I think a lot of people, especially younger people are like, yeah, screw that guy. You know yeah. what I mean? I think that hurt him. Pete Davidson like hating him.
1: Yeah, I think because at the time, Louis C.K. was so big and he was probably like, who the fuck is this guy? You know, he doesn't realize yeah. how quickly things can change, you know? That's I mean, what he, so, yeah. He, Louis C.K. back then must have, at that point, must have felt so invincible. Like, you yeah, know?
0: invincible. And this kid was like 19 and it was like, what was he going to do? You know, he wasn't going to like, and, um, but again, it's just, it's kind of like, it's kind of interesting because it shows like no one is, um, immune to it no matter what like you can be the biggest person in the world i mean it's happening with like chrystalia i mean chrystalia was another one who was like invincible and i mean i I mean i'm again uh, he's rich and i'm sure he'll be fine but i mean i don't think there's really coming back hard for him on this Um, you know just because I feel like again, I think the worst thing that can happen is that people just don't care anymore. Like, are like, yeah, oh, yeah, that guy, whatever.
1: <laughs> Especially since, like, I know a lot of people in the comedy community <laughs> didn't like Louis C.K. that much, or and a lot of people didn't like uh, Dalia. So when when you fall, people are it, no yeah. one has your back, you know.
0: And Chris Dalia didn't really have the like comedy um, reputation to uh, to help him. You know? Yeah. And I, I think all these it.
1: guys who were, like, supposed to be in, in his crew, Dalia's crew.
0: They just left. Laugh. <laughs>
1: <they're like, laughs> they were supposed to be all best friends. All of a sudden, none of them are backing him out.
0: Yeah, some of them kind of are, but... They are? I, 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 I watched some podcasts, and they were, like, crying. About, one guy was crying about <laughs> it. <laughs> Which I was just like... I don't know. I guess because it's his friend, and he doesn't want to see his friend, but... Oh, uh, yeah. I don't know, it just shows you like no matter <laughs> what, like there's always there's gonna be a time where you're just probably not funny anymore, you know, right. or to whoever is out there for the most part, you know, like I mean it was kind of this the it was kind of what happened when I was watching Richard Pryor. I didn't think he was wasn't good. I just was like, <laughs> Wow, this is really different like this isn't
1: it's just the comedy just dates, you know. At the time it was probably very, you know.
0: Yeah, and um, I think anything. he was also, like, the guy of the time. He was the first to kind of – he was great, especially for the time.
1: Isn't that when he talks about, you know, lighting himself on fire and stuff? Yeah, there
0: was that, too. His drug problems. He you know? clearly was, like, really – he had, like, a lot of problems, that guy. I like, think that was
1: the big deal in that that special. Is, and comics weren't really doing that. They weren't getting that personal with their issues. Yeah,
0: that's true. It was before everyone did that. Now,
1: if you don't do it, people get mad at you. You're like, you can't, what? You didn't get raped as a child? Why are you up here, you know?
0: Yeah, and it's kind of like he talked about it so candidly. And then, you know, Louis C.K. with his thing, barely talked about. His was different, I guess, because his was like people were mad, but Richard Pryor, I think people were also kind of, not mad, but I definitely heard his reputation that he was like a uh, cocaine like addict, addict or whatever, yeah. even though I do think that that was like a suicide thing.
1: <clears throat> yeah, maybe. Yeah.
0: Did you, he made a movie. Do you remember he made a, he made a movie that was kind of about him?
1: Yeah. Jojo Rabbit. Was it called? Jojo
0: uh, dancer? <laughs> your life is calling. And yeah. in that Wasn't he Jojo wrote, rabbit. It, it, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, in that movie, he wrote and directed it. He, it's the fire thing is a suicide thing. Yeah, so he's all but telling you, you want yeah no it's that, that's an interesting you should i don't know if you've ever watched it but watching it now is kind of because it's like a serious movie that yeah and it was when he was like a comedy icon
1: probably why it didn't do well because people were probably expecting, yeah that's uh, that's
0: what it is and it, it it it's very dark and but it it's good because it's like he's really like I, and yeah you're right like no one really he he was the best at like doing that that's what was one thing that was great about him is he he would kind of like lay it all out there. He was very real and yeah. raw and like, you know, he just said he was really filthy and, um. and obviously I, he was like, a, you know, one of the best um, yeah. of all time.
1: I and, have a, we probably have to wrap up soon, but I have one more okay. thing I want to bring up. Is, okay. Is that cool?
0: No. Yeah, what?
1: <laughs> it's just something, it's a little off-topic, but it was a story that I read today, and it it's driving me fucking insane. Okay. And I think you'll be interested. Uh, you ever hear of the Ayn Rand Institute?
0: No, I know who I Ayn Rand is. that right. the one who's the Fountainhead?
1: Right, the one, the big libertarian, like, I don't want anything from the government kind of bullshit, right? Yeah,
0: Atlas Shrugged. and Right,
1: and... Anyway, it's the institute that's all about libertarianism. Like, hey, fuck the government! The government, you don't need the government. The government shouldn't give you any money. Blah blah blah. Guess who got a government loan during COVID?
0: Yeah, um, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, really?
1: Yeah, it's so the
0: institute. I, yeah. was, was she like supposed to be like kind of a phony or something? Yeah. In
1: fact, I read recently that she actually was on Social Security and Medicare at the end of her
0: life. <laughs> Oh really? Is so? Was that what I did? You ever read The Fountainhead?
1: I read like parts of it, but it was all about like be self reliant.
0: It was you like do it your your own way, yeah. and like don't don't succumb to anyone else's vision, and don't let them stop. What like how Rourke is that the name of the character? Yeah, well, Howard Rourke or something. Yeah,
1: but her whole thing was she did a you know a couple of these books. It was all about the modern libertarian mu- movement is about yeah. her. It's like oh. We, and they use that away, a way, so like, hey, like, can I get some health insurance? Like, no, you shouldn't have health insurance. You should never ask the government for anything. And then in yeah. the end, they always fucking ask, take money. Yeah,
0: it. I don't know. I, yeah, I, I know that's like a, a big issue. And I, I again, I, I feel like they've conned people into thinking that getting things from like from the government is like this awful thing. I don't, I don't understand. What, well, the reason why. is because
1: yeah, I know so many like people who like, claim to be libertarians. You know, young young people.
0: What is that exactly?
1: It means, you, it means that you don't want, you think government should be hands-off. You know? and, but it's not for everything. It's just the things that you think the government should be
0: yeah. hands-off for. Why? Is it because they're afraid of becoming like China or something? Is that what it is?
1: No, it's just like they want it's, to, it's just rich people use that to like brainwash everybody because they're like, no, 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 you shouldn't ask for anything because you shouldn't, you shouldn't get anything. If you, yeah, you it- should
0: just be able to like make your. You know, this is the greatest country because anyone can make themselves into anything.
1: Right. That's you know, like and back- most of these rich guys just inherit their money. You know,
0: that's what I mean. So it's very late. Like, that's why I really like Shameless because it's very much like focusing on that part of the population who like isn't given anything and they're kind of like yeah ma- you know just you know the American dream just make your <laughs> just you know ma- make your way become a billionaire anyone can become a billionaire but. Um, and what i really like about too is how they're always like they're real like hustlers where they're always coming up with some new way to like make like it's it's funny like because it's so like the opposite of my life like there's a part there's one where like one of the kids gets married to some girl and the girl's like 15 and he's like 17 and like Mm -hmm. and at breakfast they're like oh you got you married her They're like oh god yeah. <laughs> that's like it no one's like they're just like oh god why did you do that you know and then they go on with their day it's just kind of like they're just kind of annoyed that they're 17 year old and then there's like an episode where like she's so annoying and someone like just kills her mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and i almost i guarantee you that kind of shit you know no yeah, one like happens. bats an eye but it's almost like in that world, if you're if you're struggling so hard that you, you those are solutions you have to like come up with. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: Well, the the, the guy who was like one of the founders of this group, Grover Norquest. Yeah. You Ever hear of him? What's he his name? To- Grover Norquest. His name is no. Grover, So you know what I mean? he's on Bill Maher sometimes. He's just like anti-government anything, and he was like saying how this unemployment insurance was bad for this for this recent. Um, you know, for the, for the uh, stimulus. Why though?
0: Because it's government just giving you money. Right.
1: It's, it's well, bad because it's not him getting the money. Don't you understand? <laughs> it's poor people getting the money.
0: So they just don't want poor people to have any money. Is that what it is? That's the whole thing. So, because they know. The <laughs> That's interesting. an interesting philosophy. Because, to... because
1: what, what, what changes, you know, there's such wealth and equity in this country. What's the only thing that, that stops that is by giving just directly giving poor people money.
0: Yeah. So if you don't Is it do just it, they just want poor people to just die off? Is that No, they just don't want people
1: to, you know, to rise up and cl- they want a caste system in this country.
0: Yeah. You know, and if you I guess that's what it is. But we already kind of we have it pretty much.
1: Yeah, but it's Even, been it's been made worse in the last 30 or 40 years, you know, because Yeah. they've destroyed unions, they've hollowed out the middle class, you know. And you know, you hear always hear these stories about like like Mitt, you know, Mitt Romney or Trump, they're like, oh yeah, you know, I'm I'm a self-made man. Well, originally I got a loan from my dad, you know, yeah. $4 million dollars. It's always that story, you know.
0: Yeah, George Dell. Yeah, like those are the guy. Yeah, and it's like those are the guys that like with all the power, the ones that are like, like, like W. That he was kind of like a failure for for years, right? And then right. he finally, like, he I guess he bought a baseball team and finally had some.
1: Yeah, he got money, but he traded off his, but you think he made his money on
0: it? No, no, money. I know. But I mean, even he was like, he was with all the money and chances. He was, he like failed over and failed, over. Yeah. But and that's, that's true. A, it's it's kind of like if you're poor, you get like, you don't get a lot of chances to fail. You get like,
1: money. yeah, you, it's, you have to be, and that's even, you have to be more um, safe with your choices because you're like, if I fail, let's say you have a family. You're like, I can't, no one's going to bail me out. That's it.
0: Yeah. And I, and I, I think, you know, people get caught up. I think young, what happens to people is, especially if they're poor, they, what, what kind of does them in and keeps them down is like having kids. Like they just will, they have no thought of like control. Like they'll just have like, it's people have like, you know, I I remember seeing this a lot on the street. I would see like, you know, like a homeless family, you know, You know, and they'd have like three or four kids, you know, and they went and I'm like, dude, what, like, why do you have three kids? Like, um, you were, I'm sure you're already homeless with like one or two kids.
1: But you don't know. I mean, people might fall. I mean, again, it's like, you don't take chances. You can't take chances at that yeah. point. It's like, you can't have like two kids and say, I'm going to invent TikTok. It's not going to happen. Yeah. You got to work at your nine to five job that you'll probably get laid <laughs> off from, you know?
0: I feel like you can't have kids anymore if you want to, like, <laughs> move up.
1: They don't yeah. make it like this. They always say pro-family in this country. They do nothing to encourage you having kids. I,
0: I mean, yeah. I, I, I think, you know, I I have friends who, like, have kids, and they're like – and then, you know, you go through a divorce, and then they have to pay all this money. and yeah, for, just
1: forget about that. To have the kid, it usually – I know someone, they tell me they had a kid. It cost $10,000 in,
0: in the hospital. Jesus.
1: I'm like, why are they, why are we charging people to have, to reproduce?
0: I don't know how I, and I don't know how people, I mean, I think people, now people are having less kids than most people. Right. But I mean, I feel like when, you know, when, like our parents' generation, it was like normal to have like five kids.
1: Well, yeah. Also to keep the society going, you, everyone has to have like more than one kid. You have to have like 2.1 yeah. kids and we're not, we're not up to that anymore. You no, know, the only people who are, are immigrants who come here.
0: I Like, now that I'm older and I understand, you know, like like making money and having a job, how hard it is, like, I wonder how, like, I I almost guarantee you, like, when I came along, like, my parents were kind of, like, bummed out, like, because I was the third kid. Yeah. Like, they are probably just like, oh, no. <laughs> it's over. Not another one. <laughs> um, it's just funny to think that, like, you're probably a burden um, I don't on mean, some, on
1: these, some you level. See, yeah, you see, like, some of these people with kids, it's like... Like you'll see people on the subway with like three kids, and they're like making the go of it. And you're like, how the hell? And you, you kind of look at them. Maybe you maybe you just misjudge them, but you see like hey, that person can't have such a great job. How are they fucking doing this?
0: I have no idea. Yeah. That uh, I'm I'm always blown away. And you can't by... say
1: welfare because you know what welfare does not give you that much. It just doesn't.
0: They must just—I don't know. Maybe I feel like what you got to do is like just marry someone and get divorced, you know, and be a woman. I—I <laughs> I mean, I feel like that's like your best chance. I
1: don't—I don't even think that's a thing because it's like people, men. It's not like old men are making money now, and a lot of men won't pay. No,
0: you know, I, I know, but I mean, that's what I mean. Get yeah, you find some. I remember, like, I was thinking about this the other when I when I started law school, like. I was in school with like these 23 year olds and they were all like a lot of them were like engaged, you know? And I was like, what are you doing? What are you, you're engaged? You're, you just started law school in New York city and like, yeah. you've already like, I don't know. I just, I, I, if I was like, you know, I was single in school, I still am. But if I was 22, 23, I feel like when you're 22, 23, you're, you're, you don't know yourself really. And your hormones are so raging that that's like when it's kind of like getting a tattoo. Like a lot of people get tattoos when they're like so young and don't know anything yet. And they're just making those choices. I feel like that's when people end up when they get married and have kids is when they're like so young and they're just like, yeah, this is a good idea. Yeah. And then they're like, Oh fuck.
1: But that's not the path. I mean like you can get married young and have kids and you could still get divorced. And the guy, I, that's the other thing, because like, I've been on a lot of these groups recently and they're talking about unemployment. <clears throat> and the, all, these people, all these men are chiming in saying, can they garnish your, your child support payments? Like, Apparently, I think there's just a lot of dudes out there who aren't paying their child support.
0: Yeah, there is a lot of that. Yeah,
1: which makes sense. You, you know, look, if you don't have the money, you don't have the money. You can't just say, I'm going like, to... Imagine if you had to pay child support. Like, you have to come up with that money every month. It's like yeah. good, fella, good fellas. Fuck you, pay me, you know?
0: Yeah, it's like
1: So so when someone gets married at 22, that's not means ever it's going to be happy happily ever after.
0: Sometimes I wonder, you know, like I um you know like Eminem had had such a um you know, he his, his dad left him when he was like a, a baby, basically him and his mom. Yeah. And you know, he like hated his mom. I like, you know, they were re- they were really poor and um and then when he became big, you know, he was always rapping about his dad, like hate, like he clearly has a lot of unresolved right. anger at that guy. And um, I, his dad, like died recently, and um, I was wondering what's so. It's kind of like almost an experiment. Like I, I, I wonder if Eminem's dad had stayed with him and been a good dad. I don't think <clears throat> there would have been an Eminem. Do you know no, what he'd I mean? It'd be like Eminem,
1: the ophthalmologist, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it's just such a weird, like, it's almost, I, I guarantee he wouldn't have been um, motivated to do that. You know what I mean? Um,
1: but, but for every M&M story about someone being motivated because their dad left, there's like 99 stories where the dad left and the fucking kid is just fucked that's up that's what i mean and yeah and
0: clearly he got really lucky but yeah. it's it's such like an amazing um when you think about things like that where who knows what would have happened like I, I i like the fact that he was so angry and never and and had that that horrible childhood you know was something that like made him decide like i'll go through anything to like show this guy yeah. that, to like become successful like i'll do you know and like even to the point of like i would like you know what he was probably like i'll sleep with some like some dude <laughs> <laughs> but, you know seriously like but well, that's yeah. where it comes back to that like yeah. like you don't, know, you know it's it's easy to be like well because i mean he was he again is one of those people he had no, he was like the, the people like on shameless he was one of those people like no opportunity
1: yeah
0: um and he, i don't know it's like it's such like the american thing we we, we we ignore everyone until they do something good. And then all oh, we like lift them up. Like
1: mm-hmm. you're
0: like Jay-Z is his hero. But I mean, Jay-Z made his whole career. Like he was able to fund his career on like selling crack and breaking yeah. the law. And it's like, but now it's like, Oh, well, that's cool. As long as you like made it.
1: <laughs> but what was it going to, what was Jay get, Z? He was in the, he was in the inner city well who's going to do get a job at google you know well, that's what happen? i mean
0: though it's such like a uh, you know they 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 don't want to give you any chances and then like he was like well fuck it i'm i'm doing i'm going to do what i have to do and then yeah I, but that's not what you're taught to do. You know, you're taught, like, you can't, you have to play by the rules. And he was like, I'm not playing by the rules. Like, fuck this. Yeah. So, and you
1: probably, someone's smart. Like some people who sell crack, i am be like, I'm going to sell crack until I get killed. But he's probably, he was probably like, I'm going to sell crack till I make enough money to get out of this.
0: Yeah. I mean, he was obviously smart about like, he, he had like something he was funding, but it's just, I don't know. Just, I, I think of it. someone, I read, someone wrote a book re- uh, a few years ago and they, one of the chapters was about how about that how jay-z is held up as this like huge hero to the society but it's kind of like at the same time we tell kids like don't you know don't you know play by the rules and don't ever cheat and it's basically like, this is a guy who like cheated as well. i mean because he kind of <laughs> had to yeah I don't know. It's just like, you know, you look at the things that kids are taught young and it's just uh, no one, no one plays by, you know, all the adults in charge aren't (laughs) playing by those rules.
1: No, Um, the smart kids learn early that, you know, you got to bend the rules a little bit. Yeah, I feel
0: like I... I, Look at
1: Mark Zuckerberg. You think that guy played by the rules, you know?
0: Yeah, and that's a good example of like, he didn't really... I don't know, it's iffy what he, he clearly did shady shit, you know, but yeah, yeah. it's almost like you have to, I don't know. I like, mean, he wasn't like
1: you? flat out illegal, but he fucked everyone over.
0: No, yeah, he definitely, do, he, yeah. he he definitely had to do like shit, like shady shit. Yeah. And that, that's, a, I think that it's just, a it's just amazing. You never hear those, that side of the, of those stories. It's always like the American, you know, the American ultimate, whatever it is, is always just like the result. Like, sure. well, if you get here, then it doesn't really matter how you got there. Just yeah. you just you just better get there. If you don't
1: there's only then, to me one group, maybe, or one of the few groups that really makes it on merit. It's like athletes. Because you can't fake that. You can't blow anyone to get on the Yankees.
0: Right. You know? Like um, what's her face? Lori Laughlin's kid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like she but was I mean, a really be, good to, rower. No, I know, yeah. yeah. To make
1: millions of dollars. You can't fake that. You know, even acting. Yeah. Even acting like you don't have to be a great actor to be a movie star, you know, but to be oh, a great no, quarterback at no. the NFL, you have to be a great quarterback.
0: Yeah. And I think comedy used to be more like that, but yeah. I think it became less like a meritocracy.
1: Yeah. You could fake it too.
0: Yeah. It became, but it, I think like, that's kind of what I liked about when I started, it was like, Oh, well, you, if you're good then that's kind of all that matters. But yeah. then it became like, that's actually not really true. No, I mean you, you just. You still can, need breaks and stuff, and um, yeah, and
1: you can just learn it by just watching other comedians and basically steal. Yeah, you can yeah. just
0: steal. There's people who do that. A lot of people, yeah. It's it's more. I, I actually remember I when I did my movie, I interviewed Jim Gaffigan for it, and he's and he said that he said that it's you know comedy is not a meritocracy meritocracy. He's like it's more so than than most things, but it's still not a meritocracy. No, and even he's saying that he's like someone that's reached the height of. Uh, of it. All right. So, how long have we been going? We've been going. Yeah, this hours. is
1: for a while, so we'll wrap it up.
0: All right. Um, cool. Well, it
1: was a good episode.
0: This was good. So we'll we'll be back. Uh, I, I think uh, next we'll be back next week with an episode. Yeah.
1: We have,
0: awesome. we have a great. We have a big guest coming up. We do. We have a really big guest coming. up. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we'll uh, see you next time. Thanks a lot. All right.